Frequency 49 show is brought to you by the Niner Empire GB. Welcome to the Frequency 49 show. I'm Kat Victorino and joining me today are James Little and Graham Ross. Good evening, gentlemen. Evening. Good evening. <laughs> we are a little downtrodden today because, once again, the 49ers were at home for a game against the Los Angeles Rams, and it did not go the way any of us really wanted it to go. I honestly, guys, I'm not surprised. The Rams are the hottest team in the league right now, and they certainly, I think, deserved that win that we gave them. What are your thoughts? We gave them. You like that? We didn't need. Yeah, I do like that. We didn't need to give them anything. They're good enough to beat us on their own merit. But we, like you say, we gave them that game, and they gladly took it. We are our own worst enemy, but at the same time as being a team who is also suffering from the worst injury crisis. Well, I I will go as far to say, in my short footballing knowledge, to me, this looks like the worst injury crisis to hit a team. Like I say, in my knowledge, I know the, the Redskins had a bad season a couple of seasons ago, I think it was. But I don't think they were quite ravaged as badly as we are. We are, I've said it last week, I don't want to repeat myself, but we are probably down to third. I would say two or three last time, but we're probably down to third on the depth chart. Certainly uh, some positions. Um, and then all the other positions, the guys that we've got in those in those positions just aren't performing. Graham, what do you think? definitely contributed to her own downfall i don't know about giving giving them that game because for me the one of the big things that the Rams showed how to play defense they they were that that defense for me solid calls our defense all gas no breaks that was what all gas all breaks looks like by what the rams did i mean aaron donald is immense we were up against the best defense in the league this year uh, you know this season and we all had this game down as a loss. So, yeah, we, we definitely contributed to it. Injuries are part of the game, and you've got to overcome them. It's just as simple as that. Your 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 roster of 53 guys has to be good enough to overcome it. Ours isn't. We're very much in in a rebuild. And it's going to take a bit of time to, you know, to, you know, to get a, a, a fully talented roster with depth. We, you know, you're not going to get that in one year. No. So, yeah, there was a lot of things. I mean, the, the thing that really stuck out to me, as I said, was the Rams' defense. Just the way they went after the ball, the way they went, they hustled. They were first to the punch. They were all, they were, you know, they were they were going at it all the time. And I just didn't, but I'm not seeing that from our defense at all. And I think that's a huge problem. I know we talk about offensive struggles and. But my concern is more, probably more so on defense. Well, and let's talk about defense. Let's talk about Reuben Foster. We know he was he was suspended. He came back, and he's basically been a non-factor um, in any of our defensive games. He's completely gone missing. It's I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna try and take the shade away from Ruben. It's not just it's it's not just him, is it? It's not just him. It's the players that performed to such a high level near the end of last season just aren't performing. We, 
uh, it's that 2017 draft class. But it's not. It's not just that draft class. It's the first rounders that we picked to start performing. I don't think any of the defenses performed particularly well, and it's that it's got to be down to Salah. I can't. I can't put anything. I can't point any fingers past Robert Salah. He's got to find ways of motivating. I mean, Salah's got a lot, a lot of questions to, um, to to answer as far as I'm concerned. You can't put it all down to Salah. He he can't physically go out and play, and and you can't, um, you know, you, you and you can coach up the people, you know, all the players, all you like. You can tell them, you can tell them what to do, but you know, just like teenagers and other things like that, you know, if somebody's telling them what to do, they're probably not going to go and do it until until they learn it themselves. But you got to question Salah on certain things, like um, I think you know how he's using Solomon Thomas. He's your third. He's your first person picked out of the draft. Um, he he's your statement guy. He you know he's going to. I think he was taken. He's going to be our Michael Bennett, the equivalent from from Seattle Seahawks, um, on the interior defensive line, and we haven't used him. In, in, in that way. One thing I did see, actually, on the game against the Rams, there was a couple of times, particularly in the first half, where that's exactly where he did line up and he penetrated the, the, the offensive line. He, he got through. So why aren't we using him? You know, that's clearly his best position. A killer wi- Witherspoon, you know, he, he performed really, really well last year. He struggled this year. I actually may think he's partly injured but I also think his confidence has been absolutely shot because as soon you know as soon as you know and this is down to the the coaches sort of saying right okay well you screwed up right we're right pulling you you're, you're being replacing you so therefore the next player next time he's going on the field oh I better not screw up you know you can't play freely you know so as soon as sure as heck if you're thinking I better not screw up what's going to happen yeah you know I think there's a, a lot of issues to be quick to be put at the at the coaching for me, a lot of it is down to execution. I, you know, it's easy to turn around and point fingers at the coaches and, you know, they're not doing this, they're not doing that. But by and large, if the players are not executing the plays the way they're drawn up or the way that they're supposed to be, or they're not having that field presence to know what's going on around them and they're missing assignments, to me, that's a discipline and execution issue. And that's where the coaches need to address the issues. Yeah, but defense is very reactive in terms of, you know, right, well, depending on what my guy does this, then I've got to do that sort of scenario. So they've got to have that mental process and to, in order to just react to that and do it. They don't need, they shouldn't be thinking, oh, I, I, oh, hang on, he's gone that way, so I have to go that way. You just go. Yeah. Well, it's watching the ball, you know, where is that ball going and going after that ball. That's exactly what the Rams did to us. And we need to do that to other teams. Well, I mean, like, if you look at Bethard's um, second interception, to be fair to Bethard, that, you know, if you look at what he did on, on that play, and everyone folk will, you know, will criticise the, the quarterback, but, it's, you know, he felt the pressure, he stepped up, and he threw it quickly into a position where only his receiver should be, be able to catch it. It was down and low. Now, whether or not he overthrew it, or whether or not Marquise Goodwin didn't react quick enough because the defender was behind him and he was able to get down and make the play. But we don't see that kind of reaction from our defensive players. 
that kind of heads up play. Crikey, there was two interceptions more or less thrown straight at two guys that the game and they didn't bloody. Catch and that's it. what killed us because the the Rams touchdown drives were 21 yards, 41 yards, 27 yards, and 13 yards. So they had the field advantage the entire game, basically. You're not going to be able to win any game of football if you turn the ball over. It's that simple. And particularly when you're not getting them back. And we are, I mean, Bethard and the offense are turnover machines and our defense are, I think they're almost playing playing scared. It's like, okay, well, you know, playing the basics. They're not playing. The commentator said something really interesting on, on that game, went in on um, Wade Phillips. Wade was not concerned about how well they played. They just wanted them to play freely and go after it and have the confidence to make plays. I don't think our defense is in that same position no. with our coaching staff. Mind you, he's the best defensive coordinator in the league and has been for a number of years. Yes, totally agree. Andy has, yeah, yeah, when you've got Aaron Donald and, and the Dominus Sue on the on the defensive line, then you've got you know, stats, stack secondary. The, saying that, though, I'm not saying we've got anywhere the calibre of players that they have, but I go back to what I've mentioned before. <laughs> we've got these first-round talent guys that were picked in the first round of the draft because of the talent they've shown, and they're not showing. That's the other piece is you end up with all these first-rounders, and again, it looks like we're going to have a bunch of first-rounders that we're drafting next year the way we're going. The college game and professional game are really two different games, so that talent does not necessarily always translate from college to NFL. So that I I have trouble with. I have trouble reconciling and getting excited over first round draft picks. Um, Certainly, you know, there are talented players that we draft. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean that they're going to be, you know, these superstar. All of them are going to be these superstar players. So we're going into the trade deadline, aren't we? And I see so many times that, you know, players become available that are proven NFL talents. But I don't see John Lynch going after these guys. He says he makes the calls. Now, and it's all right saying, you know, let's not pay over the odds. Let's throw away, not throw away our future for these guys. But you've just said it. You, these guys that you draft in the first round out of college aren't guaranteed to be and um, produce the stats. These guys that are becoming available that, you know, oh, I'm the Raiders this week. I'm not saying uh, for Amari Cooper I would have given a first round pick. But he has produced in the NFL. Again. I'm going to beat that horse to death. We really do need to trust in Lynch and Shanahan that they know what they're doing. This, again, we've said it again and again and again, and we're going to keep saying it. It's a total rebuild. We have the key players. They're all hurt. The bigger picture here, okay? You, you know, if, if you look in what they said, okay, well, we need to get a quarterback soon. We've got, we got that year one. Okay, we've got that tick. Right, what else did they say? Right, we're going to focus on the offensive line. Well, for me, our offensive line is... Is doing is is doing great. I think the reason we give up so many sacks is see Bethers holding on to the ball too long. That's that's down to him. So I think the offensive line. You can see how dominant we are in the run game. So the offensive line's fine. So you know they're they're not daft. I will not be surprised. Ne- next big thing is edge because everybody's playing to see it. You can only do so much at a time. You can't do it all together. That, that was the point I was trying to make last week too in my ramblings. A couple interesting notes that came up. Did you guys remember that Bill Walsh went 8 and 24 his first two seasons as the Niners head coach? Oh, you've seen that. I saw that stat. Also with 79 turnovers. Yeah, in 32 games. 
that just says patience, guys. You know, that turned out not so bad. Exactly. Now, granted, right now we are on track to uh, allow 498 points this season, as we have given up 218 points through the seven games. But, again, patience. Look at what we do have on the positives. George Kittle is now the top-graded tight end per uh, pro football fantasy with an 86.5 overall grade. And he's, I think, the 14th ranked tight end overall in the NFL. And Staley had a good game last week. So, you know, there are positives out there. We just have to dig for them. Our positives are completely overshadowed by shooting yourselves in the foot week in, week out with turnovers. If we can sort that out and, and have a game with no turnovers and actually win this turnover battle... It'll be a completely different scenario. The other thing is the development of Bethard. Very early on, on a, on the third down play, he gets sacked, takes us out of field goal range. He's got to learn to get rid of the ball. Just throw it away. If you if you if you're not going to go, it, don't get your don't take the sack. Don't get out of field goal range. Likewise, don't st- stand in the pocket. I think he's waiting for somebody to become wide open in acres of space. It's the NFL, dude. That doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah. Yeah. All the time, either throw them to a position where only your guy can get it or throw it away. You know, that's what he's got to learn. And for me, if we can just stop those silly turnovers, but I'll be fair, two of them this week, I thought the defense made plays. How often do you see that happening with Aaron Donald where he takes the ball out of the defense runner's hand? That, you know, that's that's down to Donald. Remember the days when our defense would do that? <laughs> yeah. I just want to see the hustle and get the attempt. I don't see the aggression towards getting the ball out. Yeah, it's the, the hustle, the effort. But the, you've said about the turnover, let's win that turnover battle. That's fine, let's win the turnover battle. But then, you know, the one thing that we didn't do this week, was probably because we've given the ball back too often anyway, was the penalties. So Penalties were down. If we start, we were that bad on penalties, were That's we? what I mean. That's what I'm saying. We only had two penalties for 10 yards, which is brilliant. So that's great. Brilliant. That's a great penalties stat. Really <laughs> excellent. That's excellent. That's progress. Now let's not give them the ball every time. Let's do both of those. And we'll start to see, you know, we'll start, we'll start to hopefully see a team that can win games or at least take teams very, very close and be competitive and bring that confidence back. It's the, it's the confidence. It's the confidence amongst the players on the team. And it's the confidence amongst the fans. We've seen that. I've seen that myself. This week on Sunday, I was just like, well, give up. And, and I mean, I didn't. I watched the, watched the whole thing in the end. I but. mean, this team is just not used to winning. And that's what we need they need to change is that that attitude of we are going to go in and win this game and we are going to fight hard and we are going to win so that they start getting those wins having that culture of winning again that's to me that's a a part of what's missing if you look at the next three games that we've got against the cardinals against the raiders against the giants they're very winnable they're all teams that are struggling just like us when we get our game planning right and our execution right, we are competitive. Now, I have to raise an interesting point that hit me in the middle of the night because, you know, that's when all my great thoughts come is three in the morning. We have performed poorly at Levi's ever since we got there. Meanwhile, we're brilliant on the road. We still lose, but we're brilliant on the road. There's a particular curse that somebody we know Yeah, that somebody we know about. talks about all the time. I'm really starting to believe in that curse, and I'm not one to believe in that kind of stuff. D- if you don't know, guys, it's Deepak who's been <laughs> mentioning the candlestick curse 
Every time something looks like it's going badly during a game, there he is in the game day thread. It's the candlestick curse. He keeps saying it, keeps saying it. I'm beginning to believe in that a bit. Uh, me too. <laughs> I thought it was just a joke. I don't think it's a joke. You lot really are superstitious, aren't you? They're just crap. <laughs> I know it's crap, but, you know, <laughs> I'll grab onto anything. So Jason, our buddy Jason Argo, who we are desperately trying to get on the show, uh, raised a few points and then asked, is it possible we are overreacting to defeat from a very good Rams team? Definitely. Yeah, I definitely did. I was most certainly did. I was reacting badly to the defeat during the game. Quite badly. Yeah, once the dust settles, you get chance to properly review the game and, and then, you, you know, just through talking like yourselves and people. I overreacted badly. I, I completely threw my <laughs> I think toys we all are. And then Steve Panda Richardson asks, whatever happened to Adrian Colbert? And he is not talking about the injury. He is talking about Adrian Colbert's performance. It's the sophomore slump, isn't it? You know, that we were talking just before we came on air. A lot of the defensive players in the 2017 draft are, are struggling this year. And I think a lot of that is down to playing with confidence or lack of. It's a massive factor, isn't it? Just to let you know, Adrian Colbert, I know he's injured now, but him and Ruben Foster have been hanging out together during these games. Not doing an awful lot on the uh, on the pitch, but, you know, just hanging about. Maybe they need to work a little harder. <laughs> Yeah, I do you know what I was thinking when I was watching that? And I know he was inactive and wasn't playing. And I think he would have had a bigger impact if he was on the pitch. Was what Richard Sherman must be thinking? Oh yeah. Can, you look at you look at the defense that he's played in in the past to what he's playing with at the minute. I mean, I do. I always say I've said it. I said it before with Bowman and stuff. That hope that these veteran guys can give these guys a lift, but it, it's extremely hard when things like that are going on on the pitch. You're literally giving the ball back every every drive. Well, every drive exactly. It's like how it's hard to lift. Come on, guys, let's go and get. Oh, you're giving the ball back. Come on, go and it's you know it's it's a very difficult thing. But he, I know he's a very intelligent guy and a student of the game. Certainly, he'll be trying. Yeah, well, I'm pretty confident he'll be trying to lift these guys and get through to them, and hopefully. You know, we've got to be grateful that somebody, Deepak might not agree, but you've got to be grateful <laughs> someone like that's on our team. And everything I'm seeing locally, the team are still not pointing fingers at each other, which I approve of. Um, they are taking it to heart, it sounds like. It, I, it's it's all the fans that are pointing the fingers at, at who's to blame, and you know, and that's what we do, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I think this is the thing that, it, it is what we do, but we I think we have to take a... A step back and just keep it real and look at the bigger picture as we said there has been improvement under the current regime it's going to take time and accept that this year we don't have a starting quarterback we don't have a starting running back it's not going to be brilliant but what you do want to see is you don't want to see the silly mistakes it's simple those as are that. frustrating I think it's the silly mistakes and the turnovers that make gets the fans backs up and that's when the fans you know, become more of an more of an impact with the point of f- finger pointing and stuff, and the the impact of social media nowadays. These guys can't just walk off that field and go and just spend a bit of time with their family, and reflect on their own. They're going to be seeing things on Twitter. You know, it's it, it make does make things harder. That's the downside for me of everything with social media. It must make things harder for these guys because they must read things the fans write about them and. It's not going to help towards their confidence. So we did have some roster moves after our interest. It's been an interesting year with roster moves. So we signed Tom Savage, and then we waived him. 
and then we signed him again. So the savior. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, Colbert went on injured reserve, and then yesterday, Aaron Burbage was signed to the team's practice squad. So see what that brings. This week, we are heading to Arizona. Didn't we just meet the Cardinals last week uh, to play the two Arizona Cardinals two weeks ago? So the Niners lead the series 29 and tw- to 25 all time. Last meeting, of course, was the 10-point loss, 28-18 to the Cards in week five, where we dominated but had five turnovers. So my question, we're on the road. Here's my superstition coming out. We're on the road. We're in Arizona. Can we play that hard without the turnovers? Well, we have to. It's, it's not a case of can we, it's, it's we have to. That's got to be the next step in, in this team's development is stop turning the bloody ball over. It's, it's, you know, it's simple as that. I mean, if you look at the last, that game, that previous game against the Cardinals, four of their touchdowns came off turnovers and the, the, the blown coverage on the first play. A more disciplined team would have shut that Cardinals team out because they were woeful. They were like a Tom Sula of 49ers offense. And that they are definitely the worst team I've seen in a long time. And that's why Peterson wants out, because he sees that. He sees this team's going nowhere. Penalties, turnovers, let's keep them. Well, let's, let's, have, let's have none of them would be nice. I don't I don't think it's a realistic expectation to see no penalties and no, no turnovers. I mean, if that happens... I think no penalties is a, is a harder uh, expectation to live up to. The Cardinals are currently 31st in the league, averaging 13.1 points per game, and are 32nd on total yardage with 221 yards per game. I think we can do more than 221 yards and score more than 13 points. I would hope so. I just hope this week, to be honest, this against the Cardinals, I really wouldn't mind Bethard being a conservative quarterback. I wouldn't mind seeing him just throw short yardage passes uh, as long as he's getting that ball out quicker and he's not holding on to it. I mean, I would rather than him holding on. It sounds daft, but it all pivots for me. It all pivots on how he plays during this game and I keep saying that I hope he's learnt from this and I think he's going to learn I don't think we're going to see the same method unfortunately last week we saw a method that held on to the ball too long once again and turned the ball over once again I know it's a lot to put on the young lad's shoulders but he's, at some point if he wants a career in this league not you know not just with us if he wants a, he's got to start showing something in terms of progress as him as a player not the team him as a player he's got to learn to get rid of that ball quicker and yeah, I just it all pivots for me on Bethard. I think if we can get our run game going stronger than we had last week, it you know get use check involved. Get you know I think you like use check. I love, love use check. He is one of my favorites. I I've always loved the fullback. Woody was always a favorite of mine as well. But the Niners are opening as a one point underdog. One really? point. Can you believe that? Well, I'm surprised for underdogs. I'm surprised for underdogs as well, really. I'm, I know, I mean, everyone expected us to lose last week, but I'm surprised at that. Probably because we lost to the Cardinals two weeks ago by 10 points, so. I think we know what we've got to do. It's in our gift. Stop the silly mistakes. I do think, Kat, you're absolutely right. I think the key to the game is the run game. I think that's where it kind of went wrong last time against the Cardinals because Breda came out very, very quickly in the, early in the game, which meant that, we then had to let CJ throw the ball 50-odd times, and that's not his strength. 
you know, we, we played much better against the Packers when you, you know, when it was a balanced attack. So we need that balanced attack in the, on that offense. And the injury report is not out yet, so I don't know what Breda's availability is going to be. As I was talking about Bethard, the way to see, I'll say he's got to get rid of the ball quicker, and that that's during the passing game. But the way to make him look better is to utilize the run game, take the pressure off him. It's either Breda or, I mean, I mean, to be fair, most starts hit the has done well the last couple of games yeah. when he's managed to hold on to the ball. You know, he had that, that fumble, I think, against the Cardinals. And then, you know, he played well against the Packers. And I think he, he you know, he did okay against the against the Rams. But you're up against the best defensive front in the league. We're not up against a good defensive front. They've got one defensive player. And if there's any any evidence of how good an, uh, an edge player is, look at the Cardinals' defense. Because is it, is it Chandler Jones? Is that their edge guy? He was the standout Cardinals player in the first game. Yeah, but I, I think with come back to Breeders injury, do you know what? I'd be quite happy if he sit this game out and got and just got himself healed and then and, and we relied on most start because that could do it for us. That's a good point. I can't see him sit sitting the game out. Uh I listened to him on Matt Miyoko's podcast. I really like Well he'll want to play. Yeah, he'll want to play exactly. I suppose if he's told to sit out, he's gotta sit out, but he's got a great a great story and a great work ethic. I think he's exactly the sort of player we need on our team for a number of years to come. So, do we want to make any predictions on this game? I honestly believe that I think we're going to win this, and I think it's going to—I think it's going to be a very close game. I think it's going to be a field goal win. Old uh, Robbie, step up, win the game for us, Mister Cool. So, I think that's how it's going to go. We've got. I've I have I shoot the gun early and said I don't think we're going to win the game for the remainder of the season. I don't believe that. I I always like to believe that we're going to win, and I do believe this is a genuine chance to do that. <laughs> um, we've got to win one soon, haven't we? For the yes. sake of every person involved with this team's confidence, we've got to. Kyle will be saying this, and his coaches will be saying it. They they you know if this carries on. I know we believe in the process, but his coaches, as in, you know, the linebacker coaches, the wide receiver, they'll all be starting to think about their jobs. They better be. Yeah, exactly. They need these guys to start performing. And this is a golden opportunity to win a game and relieve a bit of pressure. So I believe we're going to do it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think I'll just, uh, yeah, I think it'll be 24-10, 49ers. I am so tempted to go for the golden Nealon this week, but I'm not going <laughs> to. I, I think we have a chance of winning. I think it'll be a close game. I think it will. I agree with you, James. I think it will be a field goal. I am going to go with 24-21. Niners win. Okay, so we do not have pick six results this week. Mark got uh, tied up in London, so those will hit the Facebook group sometime Thursday or Friday, so look for those there guys want to play the two minute drill yeah yeah let's go for it why not let me get two minutes on the clock and we'll go james with it now looking like a top five pick in the draft what position would you take edge rusher graham have we just faced the best team in football yeah i think we've faced both of them so far <laughs> the chiefs and the rams all right james would you would your push what Okay, wait, Neil, what did you write here? <laughs> Would you push through any trades at the moment or wait until the offseason? Uh, wait until the offseason now. They're all gone. I think really? The... Okay. I, I don't know. From the top of my head, I don't know a player that's available. I'm not, the, I'm not in the front office of our team. They might know different. Hmm. 
Graham, more injuries, strength and conditioning, a major issue? No, it's just, they're just part of the game. Okay. Uh, James, if you could have uh, Mahomes or Goff, who would you pick? Mahomes. Me too. <laughs> Graham, can we reverse the result against the cards and keep the same performance? Oh, we have a better performance, and we reverse, and we reverse the result. Love it, uh, James. Our offense re ranks second in rushing and sixth in first down. Where are our problems on offense? I think we went over that. Yeah. I know. I know what you're gonna say. Say it. <laughs> Quarterback. <laughs> That's not where I was going, but okay. <laughs> Graham, will we have a spectacular Halloween? A spectacular, what, against the Raiders? <laughs> Why not? Yes. Okay. James, trick or treat? Treat. A treat. <laughs> Graham, do you think we can finish with at least five wins? No. All right, and that is all we have for today. <laughs> so... This has been, again, a challenging season so far, and we're only on week seven, week eight. <laughs> yeah. Just going back to trades, if I know people are sort of saying, well, you know, with Lynch and oh, he's making the calls and nothing's ever come off him. You know, like I read an article that, um, that Lynch offered exactly, more or less exactly the same as what the Bears are offered for, for, for Mac. So... Yeah, and he also moved for for Garoppolo. I think if there's an opportunity there that he will see that will strengthen the teams, he will go for it. Whether or not it comes off because of like there's there's not a cat in hell's chance the Rams with the sorry the Raiders and the Fire Sale are going to trade anything to their you know cross their, their cross town yeah. rivals exactly even if it is is same thing. Um, and there's no way that somebody's going to be traded like Peterson who wants to get out of a team that's in a one-in-the-six situation to go to another team that's in a one-in-the-six situation. So you you, you got to look at it at what's, you know, what are we offering to players and what can they be done? If we don't make it, if we don't make a, a trade now, um, I could I could see us making an, an aggressive trade in the draft to get the edge guy that we want whether that's Bosa or somebody else. But I can see us doing something to get that edge guy. Do you mean Bosa coming out of college? Bosa coming out of college? Yes. 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 Yeah, because he'll be number one overall probably, or the first non-quarterback taken Yeah. Um, in the draft. So if we're not draft position number one, I could see us trading up to one or two to get him. Mm. Excellent I could point. See, I, could, I could see the front at some point, whether or not that's... You know, I can see an aggressive move somewhere down the line, but when and when it comes off, I'm I'm not sure. In short, Graham believes that our front office has more cojones than our previous front office, and I'd agree with that, to be honest. I I wholeheartedly agree with that, and that's why I'm trusting the process. Yep. All right, guys, that's it for us for today. Thanks to Audionautics.com for the music. Thanks to Mark Lyon, Mark Kant, Andrew Mitchell, Neil Jepson, Deepak Gohill, Paul McDonald, James Little, Simon Holdsworth, Nathaniel James, Rob Newell, and Graham Ross for all the work they do on the group and in the show. Apologies if I have missed anyone. If you would like to get involved in the show, just let us know. You can message any of the admins in the group. We're always looking for members to appear on the show or just to contribute content. But we would one, love to have you one on minute. the show. Sorry to butt in there when you say oh, you're missing yeah. off names. I just wanted to take a quick second just to say that our friend Jason Argo has joined. 
the admin group of the he's now in control of our Twitter account and he's quite a Twitter guy. Um, so please get involved if you're on Twitter. Get involved with us on Twitter. Jason's looking to be very active on that platform. So I just wanted a quick note and thank you to Jason for taking that. Yes, um, thank I, you, Jason. You know we 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 love the help. Was this because he noticed somebody was slacking in those responses? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Hold be? my hands up. Hold my hands up to be entirely. Our social media guy wasn't being very social. So Jason, I have added you to the script. You are now one of us. One of us. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Niner Empire GB, and on Facebook, search for the group Niner Empire GB. Be sure to check out the Frequency 49 blog, also posted on Podbean or your favorite podcast site. And you can email, email us at Frequency49show at gmail.com. It's time to say goodbye, boys. Goodbye. Bye, boys. On behalf of James Little and Graham Ross, I'm Kat Victorino. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. Goodbye for now. Mm-hmm.